by Muskoka for Muskoka, your collection of Muskoka-based talk shows. Muskoka Magazine, The Bay, 88.7. Brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Visit DairyLaneDental.com. And welcome to the Riding Report. I'm Jeff Carter, and with me again today is uh, the MPP for Perry Sound Muskoka, Graydon Smith. Welcome, Graydon. Hey, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Great. Great, great. great. Sunny day. I'm happy. Sunny days, it's yes. Got to love that. Spring is uh, apparently here. So, And with that brings, uh, you know, a couple of things. Um, most recently on Thursday, um, there was the provincial budget. We'll talk about that in a second. But uh, earlier this week, there was a notice that came out about uh, a minister's zoning order for uh, Seguin Township. Uh, which would allow 743 acres of uh, land to be developed there. And that came as a request of the actual township, which um, I have never been aware of, that the the township would be requesting the government to move forward with uh, land development. So could you speak on that a little bit? Yeah, so MZO's uh, or Ministerial Zoning Orders are a tool through uh, the Ministry of Municipal Affairs and Housing to uh, accelerate planning decisions, basically. So um, they've been in the news a, a little bit uh, in different areas, not so much here, um, but Seguin Township, a little over a year ago, uh, made a request of the government to uh, accelerate uh, the process because they have uh, land available that they think is ideal for housing and for West Perry Sound, much as uh, all of Perry Sound Muskoka is is in a housing uh, crisis and a crunch and, and we need more homes. And so they think there's a solution using those lands. And what the MZO does is, uh, again, kind of accelerate a process that municipalities have to go through just like everybody else. So uh, if they want to develop lands and the zoning isn't right, they have to do a rezoning process. They may have to do official plan processes. Um, these can all take time. But what the government has been very clear on is that we want to get housing built now. Um, the challenge is now. And the sooner that we can build housing, the better. So the minister has used this tool uh, on several occasions uh, at the request of local councils. Again, Seguin made this request. Mary McDermott made this request. And, um, you know, they've signed off on it. And I think it's it's great news. And it's going to facilitate uh, homes for families in our area. Now, how is this different from the so-called super mayor provisions that uh, were uh, announced a few months back where, you know, basically the mayor can override some of the bureaucratic red tape in their own municipality to move things forward. Yeah, separate processes uh, completely, but uh, good question. So from a municipal standpoint, uh, you know, the, the zoning piece is completed, uh, but they'll still do everything else with ultimately whoever the home builder or home builders, plural, are that develop this this property. So um no, no special mayor powers, no uh, strong mayor powers for, for Seguin. Uh, this is simply a request of the minister to expedite zoning to allow uh, development to, to happen more quickly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, uh, is there anything in the works in um, the rest of Muskoka where, you know, different municipalities are trying to um, release more land to be built? And I can tell you, you know, from my perspective, driving around uh, different parts of Muskoka, there's a lot of building going on all over the place. There is. And, you know, some of it are is on the books and hasn't happened yet. And some of it is ongoing right now. And as far as future planning goes, uh, I haven't been made aware that any other 
uh, communities within the district are contemplating that right now, but that could change tomorrow um, if the council decides that they, they want to take that approach and, um, you know, talk to the government about that. So uh, I'm here uh, as the as the local, uh, you know, MPP to, to make sure that there's a good, open, clear dialogue between municipalities and, and the government, uh, whatever our government it may be, and certainly support the goal of getting housing built. So uh, if a municipality wants to talk to me about that, uh, they know where to call. All right. Now, one of the things that I'm, I'm hearing a lot about recently is uh, the fact that, especially in the Huntsville area, a lot of long-term residents are thinking that we're not really a small town anymore. We're really growing, and, and you know, some have expressed their displeasure in that. Is there uh, any feeling that we're growing too big, too fast in Muskoka, Perry Sound? Um, you know, I've been a mayor, um, I've been a municipal municipal councillor at both the district level and, and the town level. And I think there's always that conversation going on that for some people, uh, they like to play remember when um, more than they like to look forward into the future. But, you know, the reality of municipalities is if you're not growing, you're dying. Um, and we've got more people coming to this province than ever before. There is opportunity uh, with everybody um, that comes to a new community uh, to be a part of that community in in myriad ways. Um, there are economic opportunities as people come and, and open businesses and and supply livelihoods not only for themselves but for others. Um, but there's just also the realities of, of fiscal management. Um, if you don't um, have a tax base that's uh, you know increasing and and sharing the load of the cost of service delivery, which doesn't ever get any cheaper, um, then you know you've got two choices: you cut those services, uh, or those services become inevitably more and more expensive. So, um, you know, I think the towns of Muskoka and and in East Perry Sound and West Perry Sound over the years have have all seen a level of growth. Um, you know, we, we can all play remember when right back into the 1800s if we wanted. Um, but there's a, there's a bit of inevitability to it. Um, but there's also, I think, more importantly, a lot of opportunity. Mm-hmm. Now, there seems to be with the release of lands, especially, you know, in Seguin and, and what's happening, you know, here in Huntsville and, you know, um, other places in Muskoka, that it's more urban spread or urban sprawl. And there doesn't seem to be a lot of um, increased density in the uh, downtown cores. Can you speak to that? Is is density not a, a thing that uh, we should be looking at in in this area, rather than you know spreading out? That's uh, you know up to to local councils to decide on you know how they want to fashion an official plan for their community. Um, it is also up to residents that when an application comes to maybe rezone a piece of property that goes from low density to medium density, let's say, that, uh, you know, the residents support that. Uh, And we can, I think, uh, all because, you know, you've been in the news business and I've been in the political business, uh, point to examples where an application like that exists and people show up and say, I don't want things to change, you know, kind of back to our earlier conversation. So build somewhere Uh, else. Yeah, so, you know, I'm I'm all for uh, higher density housing as long as it's not near me. And it gets into this NIMBY conversation. So that's not to say every single application is the perfect application. Um, But at the same time, I think if we want to uh, achieve higher levels of density, if we want communities that grow up a little more than they grow out, uh, even in smaller communities like ours, 
then we're going to have to have a different point of view on on density and, and where it's located because it can't always be somewhere not near you. Uh, you know, the town cores are only so big. Um, we do not have huge towns, huge geographic areas. Uh, um, and, you know, the other thing people say is they, they don't necessarily want to use, um, you know, existing uh, undeveloped areas to, to build those projects. So, uh, you know, if you want to redevelop a property um, and have it uh, more, more densely populated, then it's going to be near somebody. All right. Okay, before we uh, move on to talking about the budget, which was uh, dropped on Thursday, I wanted to quickly get a sense of uh, the spring freshette. And uh, obviously, we're getting to uh, that uh, period where it should hopefully start to melt at um, you know a quicker pace, uh, but not too quick. Uh, do you have any updates from the ministry? Yeah, so I just met with uh, officials this week at the ministry to get a specific update uh, on this area. Um, I think anyone can can look out the window as you have and accurately say uh, this isn't moving very, very quickly right now. Uh, And yeah, we all wish it would move a little bit quicker. My understanding is there's a little bit more uh, water in the snowpack um, than is uh, than is average for this time of year. Um, And um, and I don't say this to be alarmist, but we know that, you know, in the years when there was flooding, spring never seemed to come. And then it came all at once. That's right. right. So that that's what we hope to avoid. Um, so uh, there's still, you know, time for this to, to write itself. And, and a lot of years have played out in, in similar fashion. Um, but rest assured that, um, you know, the folks that in my ministry, the officials that keep an eye on this every day, both at the water center in Peterborough and both at the local offices, uh, you know, based out of uh, Perry Sound uh, are, are keenly aware of, um, you know, the indicators and, um, one thing that's very different from 2013 to 2023, and 13 was the first flood that I went through as a municipal leader, is the communication uh, between MNRF uh, and the municipalities. So uh, they are updated on a, on a regular basis. They they now have quarterly meetings throughout the year, and then when we get into this season, uh, more frequent meetings. I think there's uh, more written communication, um, you know, as changes occur. So. Um, you know, everyone can prepare accordingly. And, and I will say it, and it kind of goes without saying, but um, I'll say it anyways, you know, we, we can't control flooding. It is it is a function of nature, um, but we can prepare for it. Um, and, and that preparedness is the key part. And that's why the, the sharing of information is, is so critically important. Mm-hmm. And I see just the Muskoka River here uh, a couple of weeks ago has really been drawn down. So the yeah, water levels in, in are anticipation low. of uh, the freshet, you know, mm-hmm. every year there's a, uh, if you look at it on a graph, there's a zone that they want to be in to, to be ready. Um, they can um, draw it down maybe a, a little bit more than they typically would, but it's not really going to stave off uh, flooding. It, it might, you know, stave it off for a very short amount of time, but if the bathtub wants to fill up, it's, it's going to fill up. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back and we'll talk to Graydon Smith, more about, uh, well, the budget that was dropped on Thursday. Your source for community. Muskoka-made talk shows are on Muskoka Magazine, The Bay 88.7. Brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Visit DairyLaneDental.com. And welcome back to the Writing Report. I'm Jeff Carter. And uh, as I mentioned before break, we've been talking with Graydon Smith, uh, the MPP for Paris Sound Muskoka, also the Minister of the... Um, 
natural resources and forestry. And we talked a little bit about uh, uh, potential for a spring freshet and, and flooding there. But uh, I want to shift gears if we can to talk a little bit about uh, the budget, which dropped on Thursday, purportedly the largest budget in the province's history. It is. Um, it, it's a budget that uh, carries on, uh, I think, a direction that the government has established of making investments in, in critical areas, uh, in infrastructure, uh, in service delivery, and in Ontarians in general. And uh, we know that uh, life is, is more expensive these days on a personal level. It's more expensive these days on a government service delivery uh, level as well. And, you know, the government is taken and the Minister of Finance uh, a long look uh, at where we are uh, fiscally in Ontario, uh, what we want to achieve um, and what variables are out there. And there are certainly a lot of variables these days uh, and crafted a budget that um, I think is is cognizant of all of that uh, and, you know, takes us forward uh, as a province um, and ensures that, you know, our, our economy will continue to be strong, that they'll be a lot of investment in this province, um, specific focus on, um, you know, manufacturing and, and attracting manufacturing to this province, which always provides many, many good paying jobs um, and, uh, you know, training the workers of the future um, as well. So it's, uh, um, I think, a budget that's got, um, I think, uh, a, a very clear focus of, of where we want to go um, as a province in the decades to come. Mm-hmm. Now, um, there's a, a lot of things in the budget. You're talking about balancing the budget next year. And and according to uh, reports, the, um, I guess, deficit is a lot lower than expected. And that's coming on the backs of inflation, according to analysts. And um, But there's some really positive things in here with regards to, you know, I'm going to say, um, helping people at the pharmacy uh, with even more, I guess, conditions that can be treated by getting a prescription at the pharmacy instead of having to go see your doctor. Yeah, you know, that initial list that came out and the response to that uh, of treatments that can be directly uh, cared for by a pharmacist, uh, the uptake on that has been tremendous, uh, both from the pharmacy community and providing that service, but from people being uh, able to go and and access that in in their community. So expanding that list uh, creates more capacity overall within the system. If you've got pink eye uh, or another minor ailment, you can go to your pharmacist uh, and, and get a prescription and get that treatment and, and not have to take up a, a, a slot at the doctor's office. Uh, and that slot then is open for somebody that may have a more complicated or complex uh, situation. So um, you know, as we expand that, it, it does create capacity within the system. And we know that capacity is a challenge, um, you know, in all parts of the healthcare system. And I think the other thing that we see in the budget uh, is, a, you know, a significant increase in, in healthcare spending. Not only the dollars that Premier Ford helped negotiate from the federal government, uh, but more provincial dollars to uh, ensure that, you know, we continue to uh, have a, a system that builds capacity within it, trains doctors trains nurses, trains PSWs. Uh, We need them today. We're going to need them tomorrow. Um, Allows for more jurisdictional movement from people that aren't uh, Ontario trained in in those vocations and professions. So, um, you know, there's a a real focus on healthcare. And of course, here in Muskoka, we know that we've got an older population and we know that 
uh, access to health care is incredibly important. So I think uh, the budget is uh, very good news for us uh, here locally. Okay. Now, getting back, if I could, to the pharmacy prescriptions, now that you've had uh, a second round of conditions that can be treated or at least get a, a prescription for to be treated, is this, you know, one of a series of um, announcements with regard to an expanding list of conditions that pharmacies will be able to treat? Is that where we're going here? Yeah, you know, as as MNRF guy, I don't get to know exactly what uh, health is doing. Um, I can talk to you about uh, tree health, uh, but... Uh, in all seriousness, I, I think that the minister and the ministry as a whole, uh, you know, is always looking for ways again to create capacity within the system. So, uh, again, we've seen a, a modification of that original list. There may well be further modifications, but I wouldn't want to speculate as to what they would be and, and when they would happen if they happen. Okay. And uh, I want to talk about seniors. You touched on them. The uh, government uh, is, um, I guess, expanding the guaranteed annual income system to allow for 100,000 more seniors to become eligible starting next year. What does that mean to the average senior? Well, there's a lot of seniors out there that are on a, a fixed income. Uh, and, you know, what they've had or what they put aside to get them through their their later years um, doesn't fluctuate much. And it's difficult, too, for an older person, maybe in their 80s, to go out and decide, hey, I, I need to get uh, a job uh, and supplement my income. Um, but this uh, this tax credit known as GAINS, uh, if you want to get all acronymy about it, um, you know, is really there for seniors to, um, you know, a, a assist those that need that help. And this is now going to assist more of them. And I think the other key thing about it is it's been indexed as well. Um, so as the, the years go by and we see inflation eating away at things uh, for those seniors that are getting that, um, that that's really going to be a, a huge assist to them. Mm-hmm. And can we talk about homelessness? What is the government doing for the homeless that are in this area yeah. and throughout the province? Well, investing more dollars, uh, you know, uh, writ large in, in homelessness throughout Ontario. It's a challenge that doesn't only impact our community. We know it's uh, in, in many communities. And along, um, you know, with um, solving uh, homelessness issues, it's not just about a, a place to lay your head. It's about uh, wraparound supports and and. Uh, um, all those things that are needed to create a, you know, a complete and, and whole life. And so the government is uh, making more investments in that. Um, and specifically too, making investments in uh, mental health and addiction services, which often can go hand in hand with, with homelessness issues. So um, the government um, a couple of years ago laid out the roadmap to wellness, which was a 10 year plan of investments to expand uh, mental health and addiction services in Ontario um, and, and those investments continue and, and are enhanced in this budget with uh, more uh, base funding for uh, mental health uh, providers uh, and uh, other supports as well. Okay. Now, there was no money in the budget for COVID-19. Does that mean that the government thinks the pandemic's over? Or is it money being rolled into health care? Well, I think when you look at the broader health care continuum uh, of care, um, you know, there's been a lot of you know, one-time spot and specific funding in there uh, when the pandemic was at its peak uh, to, you know, make uh, different organizations uh, whole and, and support them and, and support health care. Um, and, and a lot of that funding uh, with, with the increases that we're seeing, you know, is, is still there. You know, we recognize that people uh, are still, um, you know, getting sick, but there's 
uh, two years or th- sorry, three years now of experience, uh, um, kind of in our belts of, uh, you know, what, what COVID is, um, how it works and, and what it means for people. Mm-hmm. Um, so within the broader, again, healthcare spectrum, um, you know, we'll continue to support people. All right. That being said, um, the COVID sick days are ending and you're not going forward with that. Is, is, is there a reason why? Um, Mr. McNaughton, um, I think was, um, you know, fairly clear that during the, the height of the pandemic, you know, we wanted to provide, uh, some extra supports. Um, there's also been, you know, federal supports out there as well. Um, but, um, not all, it was, it was a, a time and place program. Um, again, we were supporting workers in many myriad ways, uh, you know, in, in different ways. And so, um, we're just at a time and place where we're moving on to, to support, uh, for, for workers throughout the province of Ontario and, and the training and development of them and uh, the opportunities for them in a different way. Okay. Quickly running out of time, but I'll leave the last word to you um, about uh, the budget. Yeah. Again, I think it's one that um, you know broadly impacts all Ontarians positively. We've seen a, a huge amount of economic development in Ontario and just quickly touch on uh, the announcement by Volkswagen to locate uh, their new uh, battery production facility in, in St. Thomas and that seems, uh, you know, kind of far away in southwest Ontario and, and maybe doesn't affect us. But when you look at the spinoff uh, from investments like that, and that is a huge investment, that, that is a, a globally significant investment uh, in the investments that Honda and Toyota and the other auto companies are making in Ontario, all around EV battery production. You know, we're not only being part of the, you know, the green revolution in automotive, but the critical minerals that we have in Ontario that are located in Northern Ontario uh, need to be mined. Uh, and with that is um, job creation and, and opportunity uh, and business spinoffs that can reach right into to our riding. So I think uh, Ontario has got a lot of exciting things happening in it right now. And, and the budget uh, recognizes that and, and fosters the, the, uh, the opportunity for the future for us all. Okay. One last question. Do you have an update on the Northlander returning? Still good news in the Northlander that, you know, we've got the uh, trains, uh, the procurement piece uh, moving forward. That's going to be a while. Uh, so as that goes on, uh, ONTC continues to work on refining the, the business plan uh, and the details. Um, but, you know, the hope is that we'll be uh, running in, you know, 25, 26. All right. And that has been Graydon Smith, the MPP for Prairie Sound Muskoka. And this has been the Rodney Report. I'm Jeff Carter.